And so if you would, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to continue on verses 3 and 4 today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I guess as the Lord has dealt with my heart over this message, and I've been thinking about different things and thinking about our priorities in life. The Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Too many of us, myself included, have our affections set on too many things on this old earth that we're looking to and hoping that everything is is uh, going to work out and we're working towards this end. And I'm not against that. I believe Christians, we should have a, a, a good testimony. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, and I think we should have a, a time when our, our, the lives that we live should be a good example to the believers and also to the world of what Jesus Christ does for a person. And, uh, you know, I just praise the Lord that we can uh, we can claim Him as our own. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. We're just going to read two verses. The Bible says, For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to put to be put in trust with the gospel, even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here this morning. Thank you, Lord, so much for the privilege and the honor that I have to stand before your people and be able to proclaim the word of God. And Lord, I pray that my heart will be right first and foremost, Lord, before I say another word. And Lord, before I try to bring a message to your people, Lord, I pray that my heart be right. My mind would be pure, Father, before you. And Lord, I would not bring it be a distraction, Father, uh, from this message today. I pray, Lord, I would say exactly what you want me to say, and I would not withhold from saying, Father, something, Lord, that you would want me to say. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd keep the distractions away, Father. Help us not to be focused on the time. Help not anything, Father, to take place right now for the next few minutes that's going to, uh, uh, Father, to take our attention from the Word of God and the message. Lord, I pray that you just be with the hearers today. May we receive this message, Father, as it's from you and not from a man. Lord, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We find in chapter 2 we have the do's and don'ts that characterize, I guess we would call a model preacher. A model preacher. Now, we do know that we are all preachers. Amen. The Bible tells us in, in uh, Mark uh, 15, verse 16, I believe it is, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, you can't preach the gospel unless you're a preacher. Amen. And so preaching the gospel is our duty. It's our command to River Valley Baptist Church to preach the gospel to every creature. So we find the, the do's and the don'ts that characterize a model preacher. First, I want you to see the do's uh, in this chapter. The do's uh, speak the gospel with boldness, as it says in verse 2. We are to show affectionate care for new converts in verses, verse 8. We're to give ourselves entirely to the work of the Lord. Now you say, well, how can we do that? I have this job or I have that job. To give ourselves entirely to the work of the Lord. No matter what you're doing, where you're at during the day, to always be focused on the Word of God. Be always focused on reaching out and preaching the gospel to those who are lost and using every opportunity that comes up 
to be able to be a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to labor always. We find in verse 9, I'm not going to read these verses because of, of sake of time, but you can read them sometime. We, we'll cover them at a later date. We are to labor always, always labor, not giving up. We are to pray. You know, there's labor in prayer. And the Bible says also to pray without ceasing. So we are to labor hard for the Lord because His, his coming is soon. Amen. We are to labor so that it is worthy of confidence. Many people labor, but their labor is not worthy of confidence. Many, listen, don't be a person that is just a here and now, you're going tomorrow. Here today and you'll be gone tomorrow. No, don't be that kind of a Christian. Be a Christian that you can be counted on. Be a Christian that the Lord can count on you to reach the gospel. Be a Christian when... When somebody's putting your your way during the day that needs to hear about Jesus Christ, they will hear the gospel from you. Amen. Be that person. Be an encourager and comfort those in need. We need to comfort those who are in need because we don't know what somebody's facing. We don't know the trials that they're going through in their life. And you need to be that person that's comforting one, not with your words, but with the words of God, with the words of God. So we find the do's and then we, we see the don'ts here. And verse three, we find where it says, don't use deceit. Don't try to trick people into things. Don't use de deceit. Uh, he, he says here to be not unclean. Uh, he says, do not speak to please men in verse four. Do not use flattering words. I got that one down. Amen. I'm not, I'm not real good with my words. I, I don't have real good flattering words. Sometimes I'll write a letter and I'll say, Joe, can you read that? And just see what it sounds like. And she'll be like, well, what were you trying to say? <laughs> That's my taking my hand at trying, trying to use flattering words. I would much prefer to call somebody or to be able to go to them face to face Amen. than to talk over the phone or to write a letter back and forth. You know, I know people that have letters fly back and forth all the time. I, I'm not like that. I, I'm just not. For one thing, I can't spell. So that's, that's out for me. Amen. <laughs> You know, if you can't spell, you just write it real fast. And then people won't know. That's an old trick you use in school, right? See, I was in training to be a doctor. And I decided to be a pastor instead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> be not unclean, verse 3. Do not seek to please men, in verse 4. Do not use flattering words, in verse 5. Be not covetous, in, ver in, in verse 5. And, and don't be out for self-glory, in verse number 6. And so I want to look at our verses today, just verses 3 and 4 today that I want to look at. And hopefully we'll be able to glean something from the Word of God. I want, want you to, if we could, just ask the Lord if we pay attention here and, and see what the Lord has for us here today. Verse 3, we said, it says, for our exhortation was not of deceit. Exhortation, the act or practice of exhorting, the act of enticing to laudable deeds, incitement to that which is good or commendable, good or commendable, the form of words intended to incite and encourage. It, in other words, it means to uh, advice or counsel. And so when we are to exhort one another, as the Bible says, what he said, he went to those people, they were heathens, and he exhorted them to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. This was an exhortation to embrace the gospel to which they did. This is the pattern of how we, as God's people, are to preach the gospel. And I love the Word of God. As we looked at last Sunday, it, God gives us commands what to do, but then He also gives us the examples of how to fulfill 
those commands that were given to us. We find in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So he, what we, what he is saying in verse 2 of, of 2 Timothy, he is saying, that's what I did to the Thessalonians. When I went there, he said, I was preaching. He said, our exhortation was not of deceit. We didn't come in there and we didn't try to encourage you as so many people do, try to go out and encourage, hey, why don't you come to our church? You know, we have pizza parties at our church and, and we do this at our church. Well, you don't know what we do at our church. We have, we have do this and we do that. No, that's using deceit. You, What do we have to offer from River Valley Baptist Church? Truth. Amen. Yes, we love each other. Yes, we like getting together and of course we like to eat, praise the Lord. And we, 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 we love the fellowship. But can I say the thing that we are going to offer the world is, that's going to change the world is not pizza parties and it's not this and that. It's not programs. It's the truth from God's word. And we are not going to use our exhortation with deceit. As he says here, they did not. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. They exhorted the Thessalonians to receive the gospel and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The message they preached did not spring from deceit or unclean lives or, or guile. It was in all sincerity. And you can go to somebody and you can give them the gospel. And I have seen people go and give the gospel, which it wasn't in sincerity. The gospel is still truth, but it wasn't in sincerity. It was because they wanted a mark on their list or this or that, or they wanted to do this or they wanted to tell somebody they did this, but it wasn't out of sincerity. Can I say what comes with sincerity is praying for somebody and just longing and waiting for that time that you can be able to give the gospel to them. It blessed my heart to have a text this week, brother, that text that I got was just saying that I've been wanting for a long time and I was able to give the gospel. Amen. That comes, can I say, it comes from time of thinking about it, meditating on it, and praying and waiting for that opportunity to give the gospel to somebody. That's not of deceit. The, the preacher didn't have an ulterior motive. They weren't looking to have their name mentioned in the, the great uh, Baptist magazine of the day. They weren't looking to have so many followers on, on social media. And, you know, I, I think today if, if you would take social media away from uh, from a lot of, of speakers and things, and they wouldn't be able to speak any longer because they wouldn't have feedback. And they say, listen, we're not doing this out of deceit or what we want to be popular. We're doing it because we love you. We're doing it because we, because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you take YouTube and and um, all the social medias out there, you take it out of the hands of, of a lot of our preachers today, they would quit pastoring within a month without the feedback that they get. I'm not against using the avenues that, that the Lord has given to us, as long as we're doing it for the right reasons and the right purpose. We find that these preachers, they were not like that. They didn't care how many uh, uh, people liked them or didn't like them. They received uh, uh, what the, their mandate from the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what they did. And they were exhorting these heathens to accept the gospel so they would be saved. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. You know, there's people out there. Listen up, boys. There's people out there 
who speak the truth, but they do it for self-gain. They do it for self-gain. And can I say, let's not make River Valley Baptist Church doing things for self-gain. Doing it for self-gain so we can be popular or so that we can have our names written here or there or so we can be known. May God hide us. And may the name of Christ be magnified. Amen. And so he says here, for our, our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness. The Bible says in chapter 4, of verse 7, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. But unto holiness. Uncleanness means impurity of motive and design. This message would, would not lead to an impure life when they received it. Many times when you're offered something, the world offers things that leads to something that's impure. The world says it's okay. If that's what you want to do, if that's what your heart's telling you to do, then you should do it. That kind of message leads you to impure thoughts. It leads you to an uncleanness in your life. This message, it led to holiness and purity. The, the apostle appeals to what they knew to be the tendency of his doctrine as an evidence that it was true. Most of the teaching of the heathen of that day, uh, they led to a life of corruption. A life of corruption. We're not going to go into all that. But with the idolatry, with the idol worships, it led to corruption in the lives of many. The gospel was just the opposite. Every message that is preached must be bathed in prayer. And it must be saturated with the word of God. Because if it's not, if it's just man's words, it cannot be trusted. But if it's the word of God, it can be trusted. Nor of uncleanness. Psalm 119 verse 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. John 17, 17, I believe this was one of my memory verses, if I, if I remember right. It says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You see, when we preach the gospel, it's not about us. It's not about being an example of us. Listen, I say when we preach the gospel, do what the Bible says to do. Look what Paul's, Paul did. You give your testimony. What is your testimony? If it's all about, and then one day I decided that, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. And I said, I'm going to go on this road. Guess what you did? You have people trying to imitate you and do what you did in your life. Try to turn over a new leaf or something like that. But it's not about that. You realize, well, I realized one day when the Holy Spirit of God smote my heart. When I saw the verse, and the verse was, and you quote a verse. I can remember, listen, you say, well, that's that's an old one and many people have, have used it. I remember John 3, verse 16. And when it came real to me, when I realized, hey, that's talking about me. That's me right there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He goes on to say, he says, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in God. Nor in God. The preaching was sincere. They preached what they believed. They had no ends to serve for the entertainment of which he needed to use deceit. I like what the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. 
nor handling the word of God. I think that's important. Amen. Don't try to be to, to trick somebody else. Try to trick somebody into something. You know, I believe. I, I don't know about you, but I believe when somebody walks through the doors here, I believe they sh- when they leave, they should know that they were in church. Amen. I don't think they ought to walk out the door and think, "What just happened? <laughs> what was that?" No, I think they ought to come, and I think they ought to know they've been in church. Amen. Not because of, well, it's just the way we do it around here. You like it or not, no. But we're trying to serve the Lord. Amen. We have a pattern that we're following from the New Testament. And just because somebody's come up with a new idea, and somebody's come up with this, and you can do this, and you can have worship teams and worship leaders, and, and you can have uh, praise dances and all this on the platform. You know, let's no, no. Cheerleading in church? No, absolutely not. You can be a cheerleader without taking your clothes off and jumping all around on the platform. Amen. You can go up to somebody and say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm going to encourage you this week. Listen, I know what you've been going through. I know I know something a little bit you've been facing. And listen, here, I want to help you out. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. Yes. I'm telling you right now, I, there's been times I know, like Josie and I had a blessing this week. It was completely blindsided us. We have never would have even dreamed that would have taken place. And somebody, Lord laid something on somebody's heart that they did for us that it would just, it blew us away. And he said, well, what a coincidence. Absolutely not. And I thank God for people who would take the time and to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Nor in God, they said. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, in the sight of God. In Psalm 34, verse 13 says, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 16 says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power of and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. You can't tell somebody about something that you haven't experienced. You can't be totally honest with somebody about something unless you've really experienced it yourself. I can't give the gospel out from my heart if I haven't received the gospel into it. I can't, listen, I can deceive people and as James says, I'm deceived myself. I'm deceived myself. First Peter 2 verse 1 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. You know, I'm so tired of this. I was talking to Brother Mark when, we were, when he was in, and one of the things I, I, we were talking about, it's just how you get these clicks. I understand people are close, you know, friendship and personalities, and sometimes you have something in common with somebody. And I'm not against that. It's not what I'm saying. Just because somebody's close with somebody doesn't mean it's a click and they're excluding everybody else. But I, one thing I don't like is amongst independent Baptist preachers a lot of times. I guess it wouldn't really be clicks. I, I think a lot of it has to do with jealousy. You know, your church is bigger than mine. What are you doing? You must be a liberal. Or, you know, why, why you know, my church is smaller than yours, so I am right with God. I'm more holier than you are. Man, it breaks my heart. You know what I find? Childish, childish people. Envy. 
Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but you wouldn't try that here. No. Listen, when somebody has something taking place and God's blessing that church, you know what we should do? Praise the Lord. Thank God for what he's going. I mean, it says here in chapter 2 that the, the, the other churches were an example for them. They didn't look out and say, oh, that church there or that church there. I don't like that. No. They were an example to them. They were encouragement to them. I like what it says in verse 4. Or, yeah, verse 4. He goes on to say, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Not about you, but I read that, and I stopped, and I went back, and I read it again. And then I read it again. And then I thought about it a little bit, and I went back, and I read it again. I think it's too many times where we get high-minded, don't we? We're going to preach the gospel. God says, hey, I have allowed you to preach the gospel. I have allowed you to preach the gospel. Many books have been written. Millions of messages have been preached. Countless articles have been written on being good stewards of God's money. And a lot of them are very good. I've read many of them. I, I'll read, I will still read articles and things of being, Jesse, sit down, bud. I will read articles of things of, being good stewards, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is right. I want to make sure that it's not something that, you know, it's just what I'm going to do no matter what, what the consequences. I like getting others, other perspectives on things. So I'm not saying when people write books or, or when you read books or you give advice on being good stewards of God's money that it's wrong. But I wonder how many of us have stopped and considered this verse. You know, one of the most serious task ever given to man is that he be a trustee. He be a trustee. And we're all trustees of one thing or another. You know, we are all trustees of our our reputation, our testimony. Yeah. Are we not? Yeah. It can be lost. It can be ruined in just a, a manner of words. One small deed, one, one bad action, it can tarnish your testimony for life. We are trustees of our testimony. You can be a trustee of an institution. But as believers, we are trustees of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the highest test that we have. This has been given to us by the providence of God. This demands action. It demands action. It demands absolute loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has entrusted us to reach the lost in the dying world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, what an awesome responsibility. What an awesome responsibility to know that we have been entrusted with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God didn't send his angels down here to reach the world with the gospel. The angels haven't been redeemed. God didn't send down his glorious angels in all their glory with shining lights and says, when they come down to a city and everybody looked to that angel and you know what would happen? They would worship the angel. And God said, what should I do? I know what I'll do. I'll send the redeemed. Those who have been washed. Those who were on the road to hell and realized one day that there was a Savior. Realized that they deserved to go to hell and realized the love of God for them. Those who I have redeemed with my own blood. I'll send them. I'll send them. I'll send them down and I'll 
I will send them. If they'll go, people will listen to them. People will listen to them and they'll, they'll go down and reach the world because they are the ones that have been redeemed. And my heart breaks when I think about how many times that I am the one that fails the Lord. How many times do I think about there's things, there's times when I should have been a better witness and I wasn't. We are trustees and God has allowed us to preach the gospel. What an awesome responsibility we have, church. And it goes on to say, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God. Not as pleasing men. Now listen, every time we say something, somebody's listening. I've heard some magnificent prayers prayed. I mean, I'm telling you, when they got done, you were like, boy, that was wonderful. I'm thinking of a man, Milton Taylor. I heard him pray and you could barely understand him. And he prayed and pronounced all his words right. I remember hearing that man pray. Boy, he was in touch with God. Why? Because he didn't worry about what people were thinking about him around him. Because he wasn't talking to them. He was talking to the Lord. He was talking to the Lord. We preach in accordance with the nature of the gospel. With the trust and sincerity. Which it demands. It demands. Not in the manner of, of imposters who make it their, their object to please men. If we're going to please men, stop preaching the gospel. Because that will not please men. Their, reach, their reason for preaching was not to teach doctrines that would flatter men, as would win their applause. Boy, they're going to love this message that I preach. Or, you know, would, would gain gratitude from the hearers. Well, I can't wait to see what the people are going to say about this message. Boy, the people are really going to love this one. Probably not, or maybe they will. But what about him? Does it please him? Does it glorify him? He didn't desire to offend men with the gospel or that he regarded their esteem of, of no value. And I believe that you need to be an encourager. And, and, and I'm not saying when somebody does something good that you shouldn't go up to them and say, praise the Lord. The Lord was honored. And I praise the Lord for you doing that. Thank you for doing that. But we shouldn't do it to receive the applause of men. It was to, to declare the truth, whatever men might think of them. If you're going to go through this life and your goal is to have people like you, it's only going to work for just a short time. Your life is going to end in misery. misery because if you're trying to please men. He said, we're trying to please God. God is the one. You are the one, Lord, we want to please. You are the one who we're singing to today. I can remember mom saying this over and over and over again. He's like, Mom, there's a lot of people there we can't sing. She's like, listen, you're not singing for them people. You're singing unto the Lord. You know, as a little kid, I didn't really understand that. But later on, I did. We're singing for the Lord. And you can watch people in a church when they sing. You can see the people who are singing for the Lord. Singing for the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. (laughs) He was entrusted with something. He had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Christian, let's please God. No matter what we do, no matter what, what we are working at, no matter where we are, Brother Mike, when you're driving that truck, let's please the Lord. Let's please the Lord. No matter what job you have, no matter where you're going to go tomorrow morning, have this in your heart and in your mind that I am going to please God today. And do it. Because it goes on and ends like this. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, with tri- which trieth our hearts. He trieth the hearts. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? God does. God does. First Chronicles, I'll just read a few verses and then we'll close. In First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 90 says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Seek the Lord. It also says in chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles, verse 17, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me and the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. Jeremiah chapter 11, I was just reading this week in verse 20, but, O Lord of hosts, that judges righteously, that tries to reigns in the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I revealed my cause. The Lord trieth the reins. You say, well, the Lord knows my heart. Absolutely. Yes, he does. Do you understand that the Lord knows your heart? Do we understand the Lord really knows? How many times have we said things like, you know, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Yes. That's a sobering thought to think about. Yes, absolutely, God does look on the heart. So don't be so high-minded on the outside because what's on the outside is showing us what is on the inside. My goodness. Jeremiah 17, verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Psalms 11, verse 4 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold the eyelids try the children of men. I say the meaning here is that the preacher had a deep conviction of the truth of God. And God knew all his motives and all that would be revealed in the last day. You can, you can fool men. You can fool your husband. You can fool your wife only for a short time. It might be your whole life, but that's only a short time. One day it will come out. The Lord, the righteous judge. One of these days, it will all come out. And I say maybe we'll be working, watching, waiting, and worshiping till he comes for his saints. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here today.
Thank you for your word and the message that we heard today, Father. I pray, Lord, it would encourage us to realize, Lord, that we've been entrusted with something. And, Lord, that you've given it to us. You've commanded us to go and preach the gospel. But, Lord, may we go with the right heart. Because, Lord, you do know our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.